We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. It is game day. Lakers Nuggets game three. Can the Lakers get back on track? Today's episode of the LakersNation.com podcast going to focus on that. Joining me is Sean Davis. Sean, big, big game today. Obviously, every playoff game is big, but this is really it. Like, this is about as must win as you're going to get at this point. The Lakers absolutely can't go down 0-3. We know that means essentially the series is is done. Got to get a win today. How are you feeling about this matchup? I feel as good as you can when your team's down 2-0. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in all seriousness, man, I, I feel pretty fine. And when we looked at some of the stuff from game two, a lot of it, there's a few adjustments I came up with, but a lot of it is Lakers be better and don't like turn your light switch off figuratively for a five minute stretch when it, the game's on the line, arguably. Um, but I feel, I feel fine. Trev, how about you? How are you feeling? You know, I feel better today, certainly than I did yesterday. Obviously yesterday that was, that was rough seeing the Lakers go down in game two, especially in a game where so much of it. And look, the Denver Nuggets are, are tremendous. There's no question. No one is, has questioned that despite whatever false narratives they want to spin. The Denver Nuggets are an incredible team. Um, and they look Jamal Murray went berserk in the fourth quarter, but it was hard not to leave that game feeling like a lot of what the what ailed the Lakers was very self-inflicted. Um, and yeah. again, take nothing away. The, the Lakers opened the door, credit the Nuggets for walking through the door, uh, but the Lakers uh, had a lot that they need to fix for this game three. Uh, and if they clean those things up, I think they're right there. You know, I don't look at this and say, oh my gosh, they're down 2-0. This is, this is the end because the Nuggets have simply been better. I think the Nuggets have played better basketball, but it's very close. It's very close. Um, I, I was talking about it on the postgame show. If you flipped the Lakers shooting performances, take their game one shooting performance and move it on to game two, this is a 1-1 series, right? And that's just kind of the unfortunate luck of the draw. Like one game you shot a bit better than the other game and it would have made all the difference, would have got the split uh, in Denver, but that's not the way it played out. Now the Lakers have to find a way to get a win here in game three. Let's let's start, though, by talking about D'Angelo Russell because, uh, look, looking at all the stats, it's very obvious. I mean, when you run it, when I look at all the different lineups, when I look at just on-off numbers, when D'Angelo Russell's on the floor, the Lakers are losing, and when he's been off the floor, they've been winning. Now, it's much more detailed and intricate than that, but that's kind of what it is. And we're only two games in, so it's still a very small sample size. But are we at a point where Darvin should uh, take D'Lo out of the starting lineup? Or perhaps more importantly, 
start chopping away at his minutes? Is that where we're at? Or do you just trust that Delo's going to bounce back and figure this out? I think you start him, but you chop your chop his minutes. I think you can do both. Um, and I think you, I don't want to say this and I'm going to get already had some angry, I guess D'Lo has stands. I didn't know this by the way. Really? Um, yeah, I got a couple I've seen a few, of, I guess. Yeah. That, that was, that was really, it caught me off guard. Anywho. Um, I think you almost do the Malik Beasley treatment where if he doesn't hit a few shots early, you just literally don't go back to him. Like, and Ron made a great point on last night's post game show. It doesn't really matter who's, Okay, now it's not that it doesn't matter who starts. It more so matters who closes the final six minutes and who starts out those four, four, five, six minutes or whatever. So you can start him still, in my opinion, see if he can get anything going. Um, but more importantly, like if he's not playing well, he doesn't close, which he hasn't so far in these uh, first two games. It just might not be his series um, from a play style standpoint. He's not been shooting the ball well, but he's also been getting picked on a lot defensively where he's being asked to defend guys that are just a bit more athletic, more physical than he is, and that's created some problems, and they're really going after him. They're really attacking him on the defensive end of the floor, and uh, as I said, it's not worked out at all for the Lakers. However, I, I do want to say this because, you know, I put the numbers out there on Twitter of all the different Lakers lineups and how they've done, and essentially, like, if the Lakers run Austin and Rui and LeBron and AD and then insert fifth player, like if it's Dennis Schroeder or whoever, uh, they're, they're winning. They're winning those minutes. If you swap out one of those guys and put in D'Lo, they're losing those minutes. But a couple of cautions here. First and foremost, it's uh, two games is a tiny sample size. Um, a lot of people are writing off D'Angelo Russell. I'm having a lot of Lakers fans tell me we don't want him back next season. Uh, he's done. We're not interested in that. I've talked about that a lot, about the, Lake, the Lakers can't replace him if you don't bring him back next season. Uh, you also lose the salary to potentially use in a trade and, and all of it. There's a lot of reasons why beyond just on the basketball court, you actually want to bring D'Angelo Russell back next season. And I've had a lot of Lakers fans that are very down on him now. Um, two games is a tiny sample size. It yeah. wouldn't shock me at all if D'Lo came out in game three and shot like six for nine from deep or something like that, right? Like that's, that is well within uh, his capability to do would not surprise me at all. And we could wind up, and I hope this is what happens that after game three, we're singing D'Angelo Russell's praises again, but I'll also say that, as you said, Sean, sometimes that a series just isn't built for a specific player and that's okay. That doesn't mean that player no longer has any utility. Rui Hachimura, look, the last series against the Golden State Warriors, it was not a Rui Hachimura series. He didn't get used that much. Why? Because his particular skill set wasn't as useful in accomplishing the task of beating the Golden State Warriors. Move ahead one series against the Denver Nuggets, and now Rui looks like a guy where you're saying, you can't take him off the floor. The more minutes we get with this guy on the floor, the better. Why? Because this is a Rui series. This is a series where the matchups make sense for him. Now, I'm not saying that D'Angelo Russell has had a great playoff stretch. He's had some ups and downs for sure. But I don't think you just erase everything that we saw during the regular season, all the big moments that he had, because he's having a rough go in this particular series. It doesn't mean that this is what he is forever. I've got people telling me to trade him, people telling me let him walk. We don't want him back, all this stuff. I get it. Everything is magnified right now. But it's a small sample size. And sometimes, for some players, this series depends on what will determine how useful that player is. 
as you said, maybe this just isn't a D'Lo series, although I would like to see him find a way to play through this. But if that's the case, I'm not writing off him being a contributor. Hopefully, fingers crossed, if the Lakers come back and can make the finals. I, I think they still need. Uh, they need to rely on D'Angelo Russell long-term. And I think it's it's not fair at this moment to completely dismiss him as a player. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, for one, it's time, uh, small sample size. For two, it just sucks. Like you said, it's being everything's being amplified right now because mm-hmm. it's the Western Conference Finals and you know, you're know you down 2-0. I honestly think you win one of those two games that Dilo plays bad in is not nearly as loud the noise yes. is. Like, you, you split in Denver. We're going to mention it, but we're not spending half a show arguably just talking about D'Lo and, and his uh, shortcomings, if you will, in this series. Um, it, again, D'Lo... Deal's probably the reason why we're here to be completely like, like he's had games post trade deadline since he's been in LA during the regular season where he made big shots and big moments Um, in these playoffs game four mm-hmm. through six of that Memphis series game four. He honestly kind of won you a playoff game like LeBron and the rest of those guys finished it off. But D'Angelo, you don't win game four in the first round without D'Lo. D'Lo made it close enough to where we thought you had a shot in game five. And then D'Lo has 30 uh, one in game six he has a few games in that golden state series where he played really well um and it's just unfortunate that d mm-hmm. hasn't been able to find his groove yet in this series again i hope that he plays well throughout uh, i mean obviously duh he's our starting point guard um and i, I really do think that d is playing well I've, I've done a whole article on the LakersNation.com website about this that if d plays well he just it raises your offensive ceiling from mm-hmm. a, a scheme standpoint your sets the stuff you can run and it's just another legit offensive threat on the floor. So I, I really hope D'Lo is able to turn it around in this series. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as of this moment, again, just two games, but D'Angelo Russell is shooting 37% from the field and 13% from three in this series. That's um, nasty. Yeah, that's terrible. That's terrible. And I'll also say this, though. Uh, against Golden State, game four, it didn't, add, kind of to your point, Sean, it wasn't that big of a deal because the Lakers won game four, but he was one for 10 that game. One for mm-hmm. 10, 0 for four from three. The next game, game five, the Lakers lost, but D'Lo bounced back, six for 10 shooting. So hopefully there is a D'Lo bounce back game coming here. He is a much, much, much better three-point shooter than 13%. He was a 40% three-point shooter on the season. You give him enough time, and that number, I'm confident, is going to come back around. Like Regression is going to hit. But as I mentioned on Twitter, I posted all the Lakers' three-point percentages, and the two that really stand out as significantly below their season average are LeBron and D'Angelo Russell. Both of them for the postseason are about 10% below their season mm-hmm. average. I think both guys, at some point, would get back to their average. The only problem is that I think it'll happen sooner or later, but later may not exist for the Lakers. So... The Lakers need in game three, D'Lo to bounce back, shooting that three. Um, again, don't give up on him. But at the same time, if you're Darvin Ham, if he doesn't have it, you have to move on pretty quickly and say, okay, we need to live to fight another day. So D'Lo's bounce back will have to wait until another game if he doesn't have it in game three because you are out of time completely to let him get back into a rhythm. Um, and same thing with LeBron. Hopefully he has that regression game shooting from three. And if he doesn't, it's probably time to pull back on the three-point attempts until he can get into a rhythm because you just don't have time 
for them to find their way mid-game in Game 3. Game 3, it's win or your season is essentially on, on the brink. you got to get it done. Yeah, you have to win Game 3. Ultimate was, must win outside of a, an elimination game, which honestly, you got to treat Game 3 like an elimination game. Absolutely. And somebody put this in my mentions, as I, I tweeted out earlier uh, today, that I, I don't think the season's over. Well, dub. I think the Lakers can actually still win this series. It's going to be tough uphill climb for you gotta sure. you got to win four out of five. That's not easy. Yeah. But yeah. And somebody had a great point. They're like, okay, Lakers have had their backs against the wall all season. Since the two and ten start, you can make a legit argument the Lakers' back has been against the wall the entire time. So, And that's why I, I don't want to say this team doesn't have any grit because they've they're here right now because they have grit. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun in a really weird way um, to watch the rest of the series unfold. My only concern is, you know, like I would expect the Lakers to come out with all kinds of fight in Game Three. You're coming back home, you know, your back is against the wall. You have to win that game. My only concern is, what if they are running out of gas? They've been holding down that turbo button since February 10th, since the trade yeah. deadline. They've been holding down the turbo button. At some point, that's going to run out. If that time is now, then that that's it. That's it. And even if that's the case, we still say, hey, incredible season. Certainly got farther than we would have expected. Um, hopefully, that's not the case, though. Hopefully, it's not that they are just out of gas and we see this team really bounce back in a big way in game three. If that happens, game four becomes pivotal. Uh, if you get game four, then it's a whole new series. If you can get game game three and game four, it's a whole new series and anything can happen. You have to get them both, though. Then you get yourself into a best of three with Denver. You still won't be the favorites, but anything can happen at that point. So that's going to be the key here. Use that energy. Use that momentum in game three. Get going. Get the crowd behind you. Then you're going to have to battle and see if you can get game four. Uh, obviously, take it one game at a time, though. Uh, are there any keys that you're looking at for, for game three, particularly with the issues they had in game two. Uh, a lot of little problems that became big problems in my mind, Sean, in game two. So what are, what are you looking at for them to fix in game three? Uh, take this with how you will, because I think you can look at this from two angles. I think you can view what I'm about to say is optimistic and very pleasing in a way or not a good sign. Mm -hmm. um it's, i'm looking more defensively at least the lakers when we looked at some of the tape or whatever especially when we you know cracked down on Jokic uh post-ups or whatever right because the nuggets that that's been a a big offensive engine for them obviously with Jokic and jamal do it a little bit and from an adjustment standpoint i'd said i, I want to see you switch more especially in the Rui. Austin, LeBron, AD minutes. I want you to switch, like mm -hmm. completely switch with those guys, or one through four with those guys. Let AD stay near the basket. You just switch one through four. Um, and I know people are going to say, well, if you have a small on um, uh, Jokic, what are you going to do? You just front the post, force a uh, tough entry pass over top. AD's right there. Let AD clean it up at the rim. And then uh, I want you to stop top locking. Uh, we saw in the Warriors series, which had a ton of success, take away any off-screen actions. Lakers top-locked yeah. it, sent them back into AD in the paint. You can't do that this series because AD actually has to guard their center this time in, in Nikola Jokic. So you top-lock a Michael Porter Jr. pin down. He's going back door to a wide-open paint, theoretically. So um, cut out the top-locking. 
no more and, and just switch one through four completely in those lineups. And then for the most part, at least defensively, it's just cleanup execution because a lot of the stuff we saw was blown uh, defensive rotation here, blown defensive assignment here. Good process, not the best result. Or good, you got the result you wanted, but the process needed to be a little bit better for uh, long term or longevity, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's really you make those two adjustments I just laid out, and then you really just tying up the loose screws because. And I guess Denver Nugget fans, if you're watching this, you're going to get really irritated what I'm about to say. But this is a 10, 10 plays away from being a 2-0 series the other way with the Lakers up 2-0. 10 plays away from the Lakers being up 2-0. Um, maybe less, right? So sure. just t- tying up some execution defensively is more so what I'm focusing on. Make those two adjustments. And I feel good. Again, as good as I can feel being down 2-0. Yeah, I mean, this was these are very close games. This is a very close series. And really, as you said, you're a few major moments away from winning both game one and game two. And again, that's not to say the Lakers have been playing better than Denver and should have won. No, I think Denver should have won those games because they outperformed the Lakers. But it's not like these are blowouts and Denver and the Lakers just can't even stay on the floor with this team. No, the Lakers can. Um, a few tweaks here and there, you get a few a few shots to fall that didn't. You get a few stops that you didn't get before because you you tweak a few things. That can change this series very, very quickly. But again, got to get it done. Don't have time to mess around with this. Uh, what do you make of Anthony Davis's offensive performance? Certainly left a lot to be desired. LeBron's as well. Do we get bounce, bounce backs out of both stars? I think you have to. You have to, right? I think you have to. Um because from what I've seen, I don't know if Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic are gonna, you know, take the night off in game three. So yeah. you're gonna need great games from AD and LeBron. AD specifically offensively, I thought the process was fine. Like he took shots. He just, missed, was, shots. He just missed shots. Now, my only problem is AD, why do you take two shots in the first quarter? And that's my one of my bigger gripes with AD personally, is you can really tell, in my opinion. From just the flow of the game, you can tell if AD is going to have a good game or not. From the first five minutes, right? If he's shooting, even if you miss the first couple shots, I don't care. AD, you got to take five shots a quarter. Like, just keep shooting. And he was stuck at 10, 12 shots for the most of the game. And then he took those, I don't want to say garbage time threes, but incredibly late in the game heave threes. Not heaves, but desperation threes. But desperation threes. Yeah, Yeah. sure. So, AD... Be aggressive early. If you miss your first little push shot, keep shooting it. <laughs> and um, LeBron, I I don't want LeBron really guarding Jokic as much because that's the tired. That's the most exhausted I've ever seen LeBron in a game. Oh, Mid game, yeah. LeBron um, missed two layups and a dunk, and you lost by five. Like that. that Le- <laughs> that's frustrating for sure. Yeah. Right. I mean that that's frustrating. Um, LeBron has got to be incredibly frustrated and he did look exhausted in that game, but what else do you do? Is it just AD on Jokic? Is it Rui? You're playing 35 minutes and you have to defend him. Like, I think I don't want to get into an off season discussion here, but I think the one thing that this series has really, really drove home is that you need another center, right? You need another yeah. actual big bodied center. And maybe they thought Mobamba was going to be it. And he's, his ankle injuries prevented him from, from being that. Um, but this offseason, you have to make sure you have another true big-bodied center behind Anthony Davis. 
because this series has really underscored that problem here for this Lakers team. That might be priority number two, if not one. Like, yeah, I'm in agreement. You got to get another big. Um, and then to go back to the thing about LeBron and, and Jokic, who's defending Jokic, I think if LeBron, Ruby, and AD are on the floor, I don't want LeBron on Jokic. There, there's only, mm-hmm. and even then, I don't know how much I want LeBron on Jokic in general. I mean, I'm sure there'll be instances where you, you put them on them. If it's that starting lineup and Rui isn't starting, please, Darvin, start Rui, by the way, for game three. Um, but let's say it's just the game two starters. If, if it's the game two starters, then just start AD out on Jokic from the jump, and then you make the adjustment mid-game. So, I don't know. I don't really want eight, uh, LeBron on Jokic matched up a ton personally. Yeah, I don't think it's ideal. You need, you need the offensive production out of LeBron for sure. So... Um, all right. So when we're looking at, at this game, one of the other things that I'd like to see beyond just, you know, some regression coming from the three point shooting, I think the Lakers do need to shoot a bit better from deep, particularly when we look at LeBron and D'Angelo Russell, that's important. Uh, I'd like to see all of that generated off of paint touches. That's also important. But one of the things that, that really stood out to me was how many times the nuggets got caught or Anthony Davis got caught going for an offensive rebound and not getting it. And then the Lakers are are just in huge trouble because what winds up happening is AD, if he doesn't get that offensive rebound, the nuggets are on at least a five on four break. And one of those four players defending for the Lakers is not Anthony Davis. And it wound up generating so many points for Denver. Um, Do you just give up on the offensive glass because of that? Or what do you like the Lakers transition defense got annihilated in game two? How do you address that if you're you're Darvin Ham? You're already getting crushed on the offensive glass. 13 offensive rebounds a game for Denver, like four and a half a game right now in this series for the Lakers. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. And for that reason is why I say, nope, just get back. Everybody get back. Um, it sucks because you want to get some second chance opportunities, but dude, four and a half offensive rebounds is not worth saving what you're giving up in transition and your transition transition defense isn't good anyway 
So I, I just say literally just get back, focus on protecting transition, getting back, and setting up what is probably, if well, I don't think it's probably, the best half-court defense in the NBA. Get back on defense, man. Um, I, I don't care about offensive rebounds. Um, I think for the most part, also, your shots, if you execute properly, are going to be so high quality anyway to where there's not going to be a ton of a need to get 12 offensive rebounds. You're not doing that anyway, but I, I hope my point gets across there. Yeah. So, yeah, just get back, literally. Get back, and if you can keep the nuggets off of the offensive glass, that would be, be ideal as well. In any event, a lot to figure out. A lot to figure out here for Game 3. I think a lot of this is going to come down to how bad do you want it as well. Um, again, we'll see. Are the Lakers just out of gas? If that's the case, I think we will see that that's going to start to creep up in the second half of Game 3. If not, we're, I think we're going to see the Lakers come out and really roll. We're going to see them fired up, energized. The home crowd's going to be behind it. Please, Crypto.com Arena, be loud. was not loud enough in, in last series. Needs to be loud. Needs to be a real home court advantage. Need to see role players hitting big shots. D'Angelo Russell, let's get back on track. Dennis Schroeder, if he's got to play more minutes, that's fine. Get him in there. Rui Hachimura, yes, please. All the minutes he can handle. All the minutes plus. he can handle for Rui. Yeah, 35 minutes if you need to. Like, this is it. You have to win this game, and I think you have to rely on the guys that have been the best for you, and that is that grouping with Rui, with LeBron, with AD, with Austin Reeves. Add in another player. Usually it's going to be Dennis Schroeder. And off you go. That's what we need to see from the Lakers in game three. Find a way to get the job done. You've got to be first to every loose ball. You've got to be winning all the 50-50 battles. You've got to be making the extra effort plays. That's what you have to do if you want to stay alive. Because we all know what happens if you go down 3-0. So we'll see if the Lakers can get the job done tonight in game three. But uh, Sean, I do want to get into some of our fan questions and comments. That'll put us, in, put us into a number of other topics. Um, most of these coming from the post game show the other night, but Tyler says LeBron, AD, Schroeder, D'Lo, pathetic. But hey, Bron is going to chuck up three after three. Obviously, people were very upset with LeBron after that. And Schroeder is going to bring help defense against Jokic whenever Rui and AD are there, leaving open threes. Series may be over. Again, I think you got to win game three and four. That's what the pressure is now on the Lakers. Win game three and four. It's a whole new series. But that said, uh, LeBron's threes. Most of them were wide open in game two, perhaps for a reason. Um, I understand LeBron's mentality, why he needs to take those shots. I personally, I didn't have a problem in terms of he was, I didn't think he was forcing shots that weren't there. I thought in the context of the game, sure. the Lakers needed to get stuff going at the rim and just needed to get points on the board rather than going for the home run three. But other than that, I, I think LeBron took shots that were open you just need him to knock. I feel like we've spent the entire postseason saying at some point LeBron's going to start knocking these down because he's not really a 23% three-point shooter. He's better than that. So what do you do if you're the Lakers with LeBron and the three-point shooting? Do you, I mean, Darvin Hammond said he's just going to tell him to keep shooting him. Do you just live with it and hope that he starts knocking him in eventually? I think you tell him to, okay, I would love to have Darvin to rephrase that. I would I would say in the media I would have said I'm not going to tell LeBron to stop shooting because I think to tell LeBron to keep shooting and telling LeBron to I'm not going to tell you to stop shooting is yeah. different in my opinion. Say I'm going to keep uh, telling you to keep shooting is you go 0 for seven 
and you say, oh, hey, my head coach is giving me confidence. Right. I'm going to go shoot nine threes to go one for nine this time. <laughs> like, no. But say, I, I'm never going to tell a player, stop shooting the ball, especially if you're open. Like, I think that's different, right? Right. I think especially when can, it's LeBron too. It's very right. so like try you try to tell LeBron, hey, stop shooting threes. Uh, but I, I what I will say is like, hey, LeBron, look, let's if we need to set you up better with different actions, we'll do that to get you easier looks. I know you're you're banged up, you're probably fatigued. I know you're tired, right? Let's drop that number from say. I'm not gonna tell you to stop shooting, yeah. but let, let, let's let's work. Let's get eat. Let's get better threes. Let's drop that number from six to five. Okay, five to four or four. Keep it three to four yeah. area. Like right? like we saw in Golden State I game six. I think he took three of them. He took three threes. Everything else was trying to get to the rim. Hit two of them, right? Yeah. That's that's more what you need. It just just decreased the volume a little bit. So that's we'll see what what LeBron can do there. Again, I think he's gonna have a game here, and maybe it's game three where he goes like four for five from three. Like that's coming. If they play long enough, that's that's coming. That's going to happen. He's a better shooter than this. But as the next comment mentions, it's an automatic five point swing. When he misses, those are long rebounds, and it often turns into fast break opportunities for your opponent. So it's it's a big, it's a big gamble when you're taking that shot. So I'd like to see those shots reduced. Um, complain i've seen a number of fans complain about dennis schroeder what do you think about what he's done so far in this series oh uh, man i wish i could just pull a video up on uh like a clip for my breakdown up here on the on the show right now that would be so youtube you're, you're, you're no fun by the way um two for, two for nine in game uh two oh for three from three six boards one steal in 30 minutes four points no free throws <laughs> jeez um, the most annoying part of this series for me personally, outside of the Michael Malone antics, has been the sense that it is death on arrival whenever you double Jokic. And that's where, like, uh, to go back to this first super chat, shooter gonna bring help defense against Jokic when AD and Rui are there leaving open threes. That's not Dennis. It's like there's a play specifically in the third quarter. It might be another player or two that we mm-hmm. looked at where Lakers oh, are the D'Lo one. Yeah. Yeah. So D'Lo is no Dennis is on ball. He's guarding KCP. KCP throws it in to Jokic being guarded by uh, Ruby. AD is behind Ruby, but context of the play, it's Reeves who would be helping the helper behind AD on the baseline with Aaron Gordon also baseline. It's harder for AD to come and fully commit because Aaron Gordon could just seal off Austin Reeves wide open dunk. The problem with that play, as I've highlighted already, is not Dennis going to double. Again, from the film and the data that we've spent time looking at here, Laker Nation, when you double, when the Lakers specifically have doubled against Jokic, they've done it a lot more from the strong side, from so from the passer or just strong side in general. And when they've done it, it's most of the times, especially if the rotations, uh, including bumping the player over, is the term, when that has been crisp, most of the time, it's not always perfect, but most of the time, it's led to good results, right? Mm-hmm. So I think Dennis is getting blamed for some of the, the doubling or whatever, which technically it's not even Dennis. That's technically the scheme. I'm not even a Dennis supporter. If you want to blame Dennis for doubling, we'll blame Darvin Ham. Um, but... Dennis, I guess, has been offensively hasn't been good. He 
does tend to kind of stall the offense off out at times. Um, defensively, he's been okay. Um, he does get on my nerves a little bit. I'm not, I admittedly so, where he'll stunt, keep stunting, but never fully commit. Like, dude, either stunt once and recover or just fully go and double Jokic. Um, but I think he's been fine. And my, and my rebuttal to anybody that's a problem with Dennis playing is who else plays? Like, right. D'Lo has arguably been unplayable through two games. Again, I hope I'm, I hope he, you know, uh, turns it around. Vando throwing it to that lineup. I think I mentioned I like to see it maybe a touch, like for a three a three minute stretch. But no way you're playing that lineup any considerable amount of time. Yeah, Lonnie has been good enough. Who you bring it? You dusting off Max Christie? I'm the conductor of Max Christie fan train or whatever. But that's, I'm not that's playing a lot Max. to ask him. That's a lot. So, like, who are you playing over Dennis? If D'Lo's unplayable, you have four quality guys in this series so far. Here's what I would like to see from Dennis a bit more. It's We saw it in a bunch of game two. He gets into the paint, and he dribbles through, and he, he either, like, Jokic plays off of him a little bit, but he doesn't feel comfortable flipping that shot up because he's worried about getting blocked. He's got to get those shots up because he goes through the paint, He'll dribble all the way through, go all the way back out. He'll go back through again, and nothing comes of it. Nothing yeah. comes of it. For one thing, I've said it for years now, he's he's an optimistic passer. He's, he's not the best as a passer. He's just, he's not. That's okay, but he's not the best passer. So even when he does get into the paint, he's not going to open up stuff for guys. He's not going to pass guys open, right, when he gets into the paint. He needs to be in there looking to score. He can't just dribble through. Uh, he's not going to get that secondary cutter or whatever that he's going to find, at least not consistently enough. He needs to be getting into the paint to score and getting into the paint to get to the free throw line. He didn't do either of those things very well at all in game two. But yeah, between the two guys, at least Dennis, I feel like, is going to do the job on the defensive end of the floor. D'Lo isn't giving you anything on, on either end of the floor right now. And again, hopefully that changes. So I don't know. I, I, I Dennis hasn't been good, but the alternative is probably worse right now. So... Yeah. Uh, Re, this series is close to over. Uh, well, if they lose game three, it is. Uh, as a LeBron fan, might never see him win a ring again. I mean, this is, and LeBron knows this, AD knows this, this is a chance. And those chances are very fleeting. And you don't know what next season is going to bring. LeBron's going to be 39 next season. Who knows what that's going to look like? If there's any way to get it done now, the Lakers need to exhaust all options to do so. And that's why I'm expecting to see them come out fired up and ready to go for game three. They understand what's on the line here, but um, there's also that possibility. It's possible that Denver is just really good and the Lakers can't get past them. And, and maybe that's the world win and it would be unfortunate, but um, yeah, we'll see what they do here. I think LeBron's, I think we're going to see a big performance out of LeBron in game three because he can't be pleased with what happened with his own individual performance in game two. I hope so. And yeah. Um you're gonna need LeBron and AD to play like superstars the rest of the series. Correct. So and, and they did not, at least on the offensive end in, in yeah. game two. Both were Sabi. good defensively. Yes. I can't believe we choked this game away. LeBron shot Denver right back into this, and I just can't understand AD's inconsistency. Haven't been this mad in a long time. Yeah, LeBron did look. We talked about this early in the sea, early after the trade deadline. I, I'd say the season because it's like it's a brand new season. Um, there was a game, and I, I don't recall which game it was, but there was a game where 
neither LeBron nor AD had a good game by their standards. And the Lakers won. And we made the point like, man, look, Golden State. what is this world? Maybe it was Golden State. We're like, what is this world that we're living in? Like, AD and LeBron both played poorly and the Lakers won? That never happens. Like, it was a, it was a good sign for the depth of the team that they could withstand a poor game from LeBron and AD and not just be totally blown out, like have an opportunity to still win a game. And they did win that game. Now, though, it's the postseason against a team, the quality of Denver. Like, that's okay in the regular season. You can get that, get by with that. It's not going to be the case from here on out. You're not going to be able to withstand a bad game from perhaps either one of LeBron or AD, but definitely not both. You just, you're not going to be able to do it. So that's going to be critical here for game three, that you need bounce backs from both of your guys with LeBron and AD. And uh, just back check, it was Golden State. Uh, first game out of the All-Star break, February 23rd. LeBron shot five for 20. Jeez. Yeah. 80 shot three for five. They combined for 25 points. Malik Beasley, 25. Ruby <laughs> with 14. Mo Bamba, double-double. Dennis with 13. Austin with thir- uh, 17. Lonnie with 10 in eight minutes. So, yeah, that's the game. Oh, better days. Better days back then for Malik Beasley. Uh, Eugene. Had a 10-point lead late in the third, and Ham put in a three-guard lineup. That started the Denver comeback. Uh, No Vando. Reeves sitting on the bench for so long. This is a LeBron AD disaster class. I mean, the three-guard lineup has not worked well in this series. But I don't know if that's a three-guard lineup thing or if that's a D'Lo thing because D'Lo's been part of that three-guard lineup, and it seems like whenever he's on the floor, it's been been bad. Again, it's a small sample size, though. Who knows? D'Lo could come out and put up 30 in Game 3. And all the lineups with him in him are great because he's red hot. And that could totally shift all of this. But the three-guard lineup, conceptually, I didn't like it going into the series against Denver. I didn't think that starting that lineup in game one made sense. And I think the the less of it we see in game three, the better. It also it's been one of your better lineups throughout the uh, season, especially post trade deadline. But this, but series. if yeah, but if and I was getting to that, if two of your three guards that are in that three guard lineup aren't playing well, you're kind of screwed. So yeah, that's true. Can we can we not play that lineup, especially in this series? So um, appreciate the super chat, Eugene. Yeah, you need to, you just need to go bigger more often. Mission eighty six. Doe. Okay, well, still ahead. Of where we expect it to be on October. Just got to keep plugging away. Uh, Chant Lonzo. Every time 27 has the ball. Don't let him forget. On to game three. Um, it, look. I just think the Lakers need to do everything they, they possibly can. To uh, to get this thing done. In front of the home crowd. You got to come out with energy. You got to come out with effort. Again, we're going to find out. In these next these next two games. Right? The Lakers need to win them both. And then who knows what can happen. If they lose either one of them, that's probably going to be it on, on the season. Um, again, I'm expecting in terms of the rhythm of the series would tell you that the Lakers come out with a lot of energy and take game three. That's what the betting odds show right now that the Lakers are, I believe a five point favorite last I looked. So we'll see if that plays out that way. And then can you get game four and, uh, and we'll find out what this team intends to do for the remainder of this season. Uh, Medimed, 
D'Lo, Bees, Bomba. Oh, my goodness. And the 17th pick for Kyrie via sign and trade. I've seen enough. We'll have plenty of time to talk about this in the offseason. But um, remember, bringing a player in via sign and trade triggers the uh, hard cap, which would drastically limit your ability to build out a roster along, around LeBron, AD, and Kyrie. Um, also, why is Dallas accepting that? But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, it's you go back essentially to a three stars and not much else roster build. And I know right now looking at the team in this Denver series, you're going, well, we've got like four guys that are playing well and not much else. But I don't think that's a true representation of the depth of this team. I think some yeah. of this is fatigue. Some of this is the matchup and, and things of that nature. But uh, I don't think that what we're seeing right now is a true representation of the overall depth. I think you've had some guys who maybe have been a little bit out of out of their league playing it in the postseason, but that doesn't mean they're not going to get there. When we talk about young players like Troy Brown, who hasn't played well in the postseason, he was pretty good for the Lakers for most of the season. I don't know if you want to sacrifice all of your depth so that you can have a lineup of LeBron, AD, uh, Kyrie, and veteran minimums on the rest of your roster. Give Max Christie his props. I'm joking. Um, no, no, no. All uh, seriousness. Yeah, you're right, though. Like, Max... I'm expecting Max to be a rotation player for the Lakers next season. I, I, I think that is that is very achievable for him. I, I'm expecting a, a I'm not saying he's going to be a breakout superstar or anything like that, but I think rotation player for yes, Max Christie next season is an achievable goal. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, really off topic really quick. Um, I'm going to be very upset if the Lakers trade pick 17. Very upset. I mean, there's a good chance that you're upset. <laughs> I can tell you that. Very I mean, upset. and that's that's not based on anything I've heard, but just look at history. They tend to trade that pick, and you've got a 38 year old LeBron James. Um, but who knows? Will be thrown there. But their scouting department also does a phenomenal job finding players. So maybe they say, "Hey, this is the this is the one we keep." I don't know. Things will be thrown if they trade pick 17. I think they will look at all options with it, as they should. They should look at all options. <laughs> Screw that. Who respectful. Oh, right. I mean, <laughs> like, okay. Like, Toronto calls up and says, we'll give you OG in a deal for pick 17. Oh, you do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you have to have all options open, right? You have to, you have to be willing to make moves that are presented to you. So that's, that's all. And we'll see what they do. Uh, it's fiddle said why with the three guard lineup again won't rehash but appreciate the super chat there jared said lebron shot our moment away in the fourth quarter we needed that one i don't think we win this one without taking one of the first two in denver look the the odds are not favorable to the lakers right now your goal has to be to get the next two and then see what's what yep that's it that's it you get the next two and then figure it out from there. That has to be the focus right now. And obviously, one game at a time, so get game three. But you have to win the next two, and then you go from there. Manager Ginobili's bald spot. Master Lock, AD, and Braun. Rui and Reeves need help. Man, Austin Reeves, I was looking, and I knew that Reeves had has played well right against Denver here. But talk about consistency. Eight for 16 in game two, 50% from the field. Seven for 14 in game one, 50% from the field. Five for nine from three, 
in both games. So he's 10 for 18 from three overall. Has not missed a free throw yet. He was one for one in game two, four for four in game one. Uh, three boards, two boards, five assists, eight assists, 22 points in game two, 23 points in game one. Like that, those are two phenomenal and remarkably consistent performances from Austin Reeves. He's going to get the bag. He is. He absolutely is, and, and he should. And he should. And the Lakers should not let him go. No question. Should not let him go. Meanwhile, Rui, what's he done? Oh, Rui had Same 17 thing. points in game one, 21 points in game two. He was 8 for 11 in game one, 8 for 10 in game two. He is 2 for 3 from 3 across two games. Has not missed a free throw either. Would like to see a little bit more work on the glass. But Rui Hachimura has been great through the first two games as well. That makes it all the more frustrating that you haven't found a way to win one of those two games in Denver. That you got such great performances out of Rui and Austin. And you still couldn't walk away with a win because LeBron and AD were terrible in game two. And game one, Denver was red hot at the same time the Lakers were. And you started three guards to begin game one. Okay, I was halfway joking about the throwing things for pick 17. I will actually throw things if the Lakers let one of, if not both, Austin and Rui out the door. Things would definitely be oh, thrown. You shouldn't let either of them go. There's no way. For sure. Yeah. No way. Uh, LeBron, Mike said LeBron <laughs> just took and missed another three. Oh, man. Uh, Lazy said Nuggets did what they're supposed to do. Now is not the time to give up. Let's go win game three. And then maybe game four, Lakers Nation I, stand up. I like it. I like yeah. that so much, man. And I, I think I tried to phrase this on the post game show. That's the difference between Denver and the other two teams you play. The other two teams, they didn't have the best player in the world, and they didn't take care of business. Because you, you technically Memphis and Golden State, their job, like per the uh, narratives or per like what you're supposed to do as the mm -hmm. home team, supposed to take care of home court, win the first two games. Neither team was able to do it. Denver did their job. Okay, now go back home and defend home court. Yep. Make it 2-2. Two -two. Now, now it's the Lakers' job to win both your games at home. And then you got you to gotta win a game in Denver somewhere. Either game five or game seven. Yep, Got to win one of them in Denver. Uh, Tron Perry said, don't worry. I dreamed the series correctly every round. Lakers will win the next two, but after that, I don't know. I've only been able to foresee the start. I did not read this question ahead of time, so this is this is my this is this is my my legit reaction here. I did not expect this, um, Trevon. I, I have some questions about some lottery tickets. Um, you can get back to me. Uh, what I'd like to deck out my studio even more, and you know. And do some cool things. So, so yeah, I, I want to ask you some questions about some some future lottery drawings, if uh, if you're dreaming the future here. But he says, he says the Lakers get the next two. We'll take it. I hope he's right. I hope his dreams come true here. I hope he's I hope right. He's right. Uh, That's how you know we're both like total podcast nerds. Because Trevor said, it's instead of spending money on, like, I don't know, a new house or whatever, Trevor says, I would like to deck out the studio a bit more, you know, get some new lights, stuff like that. Yep, that's right. 
That's right. That's right. Yep. No question. I know. I know. That's that's it's how we roll though. It's how we roll. It's why we're still here. Right? It's how we get through all these seasons and all that all that kind of stuff. We're a little we're a little we're a little crazy about this stuff, I think. Um KM said What? He said it's time for Beasley. We've come all the way back around to Malik Beasley now. Three-point shooting is terrible. We've come back around to Malik Beasley, Sean. Where's Matt when you need him? Because I could definitely throw him a lob and, and he'll give me a, a fire relationship analogy right now. I was yeah, I was not expecting that at all. Yep. It, it's You went and played the field and you wind up back with your ex anyway. Um, <laughs> there we go. That's a good one. <laughs> Okay, three-point percentage this season in the playoffs. Malik Beasley is shooting 28% from three. So that number would tell you that if you need three-point shooting, Malik Beasley probably not going to give you that. Now, that said, what has he played in the postseason? He has played 90 total minutes in the postseason. Okay, he's actually gotten up more threes than I expected. Sean, he's taken 25 threes in the playoffs this year. Somehow I think that's low. That's a lot, but that's a lot of garbage time threes that he got up. Uh, he got six in game five against Memphis where it was a blowout because he got six threes up in 11 minutes. He, he made Memphis. like one of them too, Danny. He I made two. That. He made two. <laughs> he is seven of 25 for 28% in the postseason. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. I don't think he's going to be the answer for your three point shooting woes there. Uh, Mr. PMT said, am I wrong to be upset with LeBron? Should he really be shooting threes in the fourth when the game is close? I was upset too. I, I've got What's interesting is I have a lot of LeBron stands who have been saying, and, and by the way, look, a lot of the, Le, the LeBron fans stand, whatever you want to call them, um, from talking with a lot of, a lot of our great, they're, they're fantastic, but a lot of the LeBron stands were upset that we were critical of LeBron last game because LeBron is, you know, beyond reproach and you know, LeBron can do what he wants. He can shoot the three if he wants to and, and all that. I don't, I, I do not dislike, I had people in the comments saying I dislike LeBron or I hate LeBron or something like that. No, if you've listened Hater. to the show or watched the show, you know, that's definitely not the case. Um, I would just, I, if I could critique one part of his game, I'd like him to be a little bit more choosy in terms of his three point attempts and the context of the game in which he takes them. Um, but otherwise I think he's been really, really good for the Lakers in general. And I commend him for going out there and playing on an injured foot the way that he is, uh, is probably going to need surgery in the off season. Should he really be shooting threes in the fourth when the game is close? I would say, no, I'm in agreement. I would say I would prefer to see him taking the ball to the basket, particularly when he's shooting so poorly in the postseason. And again, if you're LeBron and you've made a career out of hitting big shots, I mean, it's hard to turn down that open look. And like I said, it's very possible that come game three, he shoots four for five from three or something, and one of them is a dagger in the fourth quarter, and we're all singing his praises and, and all of that all over again. So it's uh, I'm, I agree that I'd like to see him be a little bit more selective, but it's not like I suddenly hate the guy because he was perhaps a little overly aggressive shooting the three. Look, I... We disagreed, if you will, about how we felt for the game one three at the end. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm in full agreement for the game two threes. Um, 
there wasn't a hope uh, and that sounds really bad but there wasn't really one you, you just go back to that post game show last night with me trev and ron we were all when trev posed a question did you guys have any like faith or confidence i forget how the question went that any of those threes for lebron went down yeah. and look at our facial reactions when we when he asked that question i was like mm, no not really so again i'm not gonna tell lebron to not shoot but it, for me and i think with trevor as well it's okay just don't shoot six shoot like yeah. four three to four is like the magic number i feel some guys get going and it's like a, sh a shock when they miss. You can just tell when a guy's in rhythm. Um, but LeBron, I, I just, he just has not been in a good rhythm shooting the ball from three um, in the postseason. And hopefully he finds it. Hopefully yeah. he gets back to it. Uh, it would certainly help. Uh, Godskill said, I think that's it. The best chance we had. I, I thought game two was right there. I use the analogy the Lakers fumbled on the five. They were heading for the end zone. They fumbled on the five, and the Nuggets ran it back for a touchdown. That's essentially what happened in game two. I, again, I, I, it's a silly way to look at it maybe, but if you flip the shooting percentages from game one and game two, the Lakers are 1-1 right now. It was just tragic that the Lakers' hot shooting game got burned, got used up in a game where the Nuggets were also hot and they wind up winning just barely. Um, yeah, changes everything. Changes everything. Instead, you get a poor shooting night relatively from the Lakers uh, in game two, even though they were winning for a good chunk and, and all of that because the Nuggets weren't shooting great. And then the Nuggets got hot in the fourth quarter, and that was that. So maybe it was the best chance that they had. I don't think that's it, though. I think, again, you got to win game three and game four. But if you do that, you never know what's going to happen from there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jake, we'll finish up with these ones. Jake said, the notion that AD is a 1A is hilariously disproven every big game. LeBron's decision to chuck up bricks is a choice. AD's decision to be soft is simply a choice. We got burned by our pathetic stars. So Jake, obviously very upset. LeBron's decision to take those shots, <laughs> yeah, that's a choice. He's not choosing to miss them. It's not like LeBron went up and said, you know what? I'm going to miss this dunk right now. I'm going to let this ball go flying out of my hands and I'm going to miss this. Or I'm going to pull up for three with the intention of missing this shot. No, he's not. He's not missing shots by choice. Yes, he's choosing to shoot that shot. And we can criticize that decision. But decision to chuck up bricks, he's not deciding to miss the shot. He's shooting the shot because he thinks he's going to make it. Um, and history shows us that ultimately he will make those shots. He just has not, unfortunately, in this postseason. And so is that now indicative of what he's going to be from here on out for the rest of the postseason? He's just not going to be able to hit that. Or at some point, do the numbers come back around and he gets into a rhythm shooting the ball? I hope it's the latter. I hope it's the latter. But as far as AD goes, I think he deserves some criticism for this, the low production offensive games that we've seen out of him. Because like you said, Sean, you can kind of feel it early in the game what he's going to do if he's going to have that big explosive performance or not and you could kind of feel it in game two that he just wasn't going to and that i think is a fair criticism although i think he's been more consistent also than people do give him credit for uh the only thing i have as a rebuttal to this comment is i don't know uh i don't first off calling 80 soft is i think in exaggeration because I mean, what are you basing that off of? You're saying 80 is soft because he missed shots. 
Like, I, I don't know. Um, and again, like AD, I don't think is deciding necessarily, hey, I'm going to miss shots so people can call me soft or whatever, which again, I, I well, disagree like, with completely. I get it to a degree. Like, obviously, I don't. I don't think AD should be called soft. And typically we see this in, in regards to injuries, right? That's where you see AD get called soft. Um, people were even ridiculously cracking jokes about him when he got a, a head injury. But I think when, so for example, it was great what's happening in the Miami and Boston series. And it's far from over, but Miami goes into Boston and wins too. And Grant Williams gets in Jimmy Butler's face and Jimmy says, oh, yeah, watch this, and just tears the Celtics to shreds and comes from behind it and wins. And Jimmy's pissed off, and he just goes at them with that fire. And, I mean, look, Jimmy Butler is one of one. But could you imagine? Could you ever imagine Anthony Davis doing that? Like squaring off with somebody, getting upset, and using that as motivation just to dominate them on the floor would that be considered soft though no 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 no. i'm not saying i'm not saying that i'm saying that like i agree i I, I get what you're trying to say yeah the absence of doing that doesn't make you soft but if you saw that from ad every now and then that kind of dominant like oh yeah you're gonna you're gonna try and say something to me i'm better than you watch me prove it you don't get that out of AD very often. Every once in a while, I thought there was there was earlier in the season they were playing the Suns, and it felt like AD looked and went, "Jock Landale is guarding me. I'm better than him. Watch this," and just annihilated him. But those moments are few and far between. Now, I'm not saying AD is going to look at Jokic and think that, but just to kind of have that mentality of I am taking over this game and you can't stop me. We don't get that enough out of him on the offensive end. So I think that's that's where I can say it's a bit of a, a just criticism, not the soft part, but just being a little bit frustrated when AD has these low output offensive performances. Sure, that's fair. Um, and, and again, I, AD's, he's been cons- insanely consistent defensively. He's been phenomenal. He's been the best defender in the playoffs. Uh, he's phenomenal. I just think this postseason, he's left, uh, left us wanting more on the offensive end. And I think that's fair to say. And that wasn't the case in 2020. Uh, Diego, Schroeder can't get more minutes than Rui. Yeah. Yeah, I think... What do you What do you think is the upper... What's the ceiling on minutes for Rui? Uh, 35. And I'm being honest there. I think 35 is about the most. And it's more so because you have other guys that are taking up minutes. Like, inevitably, you're going to see the three-guard lineups that we all hate. So that, especially if it's with LeBron AD on the floor, you're going to pull away Rui. Vando's still going to play at least 10 minutes. And that's what he got in game one. And he'll um, pick up fouls because he's got four. He's up, played 28 and 30 minutes, and he's had four fouls in both games. Right. So I think thir- I think in a, a dream world, you'll look at 37, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think when we say, like, 40 minutes or whatever, I just think that's a little unrealistic. It would be nice, but I think it's unrealistic considering the fouls other players have to play. Um, it'd be nice to just play Austin, LeBron, Rui AD, and insert player five 
48 minutes and say, hey, you guys never get tired. Just here, go play 48 mm-hmm. minutes. But um, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think Ruby needs to get you know as many minutes as he can handle. And I, I think that it's not you can't expect them to shoot like 80% from the field every game. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But right. I think he gives you enough on the floor just with his size. I, I think I, defensively, I think he's been pretty good. So, um, yeah, I, I would play Rui all the minutes I can. I am playing Rui, Austin, LeBron, AD. This is my game plan if I'm Darvin Ham. Those four guys are playing as many minutes as I, as I can get them on the floor. And then from there, it's who has it going? Who has it going? I'm probably yeah. leaning towards Dennis early, but... Does, is D'Lo on a heater? Great. That that would be useful. What about Lonnie? Does Lonnie prove to be serviceable? Like, I wouldn't even have a problem doing a lineup with Austin, Lonnie, Rui, LeBron, yeah. AD, and going with a little bit even you know, a little bit more size there if that's what's working. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's my core four that I'm leaning on if I'm the Lakers, and then you build it out from there and see who has it going that game. I agree for sure, especially in this series. All right, well, let's wrap things up there. Lakers Nation, come join us over on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. We'll be hanging out there during game three tonight. It's a big one. Fingers crossed the Lakers get the win in this one. That keeps them alive in this series and keeps the possibility of a comeback going. If they can't, well, we know what that means as well. So come join us. It's going to be the most important game of the season tonight game three can the lakers take out the nuggets at home in la again if you are going to the game crypto.com arena i implore you make it loud that building needs to be rocking till next time everybody see ya and stay safe for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.